Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Joan Rivers! So, four girls alone, what's the matter? That's a, your mother's going crazy? It's, where are you from? Brooklyn. Brooklyn, New York, same thing, yeah. How old are you? <laughs> you don't know. 27, your mother, and you're single? Your mother must be going out of her mind. It's a, Jewish or Gentile? Gentile, Catholic? No, then you have nothing to worry about. No, Catholic mothers have an excuse. She wants to be a nun, what can I do? You have nothing to worry about. Jewish mothers, they be walking around with a baggie over their faces. Gentile is very different. And this is nice with the matching outfit. Lovely, lovely, yeah. Yeah, don't we all try, but what the hell? Yeah, feel this. That's a, yeah, acetate. But, uh, so how long are you married? Oh, very, no wonder you had a mink jacket. That's it. How's it working out? Thank God. That's, uh, children? And this is, this is, who is this? Is it just a friend or engaged, married, single? Married? No. Engaged. Almost engaged? Yeah. Very, get a ring first. Don't give me almost engaged. <laughs> almost engaged means let's go to the Hotel Dixie. <laughs> you get really engaged. That's, uh, right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Don't let him talk into anything. I'm telling you right now. And you're already sunburned, very nice. But you can always single again, look at this again, you know, smoking away, being charming. Tears streaming down her face, <laughs> pretending you're having fun, right? The <laughs> single girls on the, on the date, who makes the conversation? The man shows up, whoopee, whoopee, whoopee. It's the girl, right? Sitting there discussing things like premarital sex, puffing away. <laughs> well, if you love somebody, why not? <laughs> I'll tell you why not. Get the ring first. in the beginning, you'll never get it. Look what I got. The four chips and 12 mirrors. Look what I got. Can you see this? I pass it around, but you'll drop it. I'll have seven years bad luck. Can you see this? And when he gave it to me, he had the gall to look me in the eye and say, it's small, but it's perfect. I'm a woman. A woman doesn't want small, but perfect. I want an imperfect but big! <laughs> Who would know? Would you know? I wouldn't hang out with jewelers' wives. Who would know? I wanted a ring when I came on stage. You'd look at me and go, bad taste. <laughs> a glove on, you know those kind? I want to wear a glove on my right hand and go stark naked with the left one through life. I went in a ring when I came on stage, you'd look at me and go, catch the ring. She's not that hot looking, but catch the ring. She must have something. She must be great in bed. You know what this chip tells you? <laughs> you know, I've never heard 
anything starts. That's all I say to you. So you're single. You going out on dates with people you hate? Yeah, we all go through it. What? Oh, I, did. I went out with anything. I was 27 too. If he could walk and talk and find the doorbell, that was it. <laughs> anything, any, I, I would get obscene phone calls. I'd say, hang on, let me get a cigarette. <laughs> Sure, no, 20, my mother, a mother, I'm 27 years old, not moving. Do you know what my mother went through? And, what do you mean you don't like him? He's a lawyer. Mother, he's a lawyer with pimples, so what? <laughs> Marry him, the pimples will clear up. <laughs> I, and I was desperate too, on what I went through single. Remember those days, smiling, going out with anybody? How'd you get my name? <laughs> From a men's room, I'll be there. Anything. Didn't you go through that when you were single? I was a bridesmaid 108 times. You know, it's like they have 108 acetate dressing in your car.
it sure looks like it's gonna rain, doesn't it? But there's no need to be sad. Remember, this is the day that the Lord has made. And even when there are dark clouds, oh, we have a different kind of sunshine. And that's what this next song is all about. After serving in the conflict overseas And the time that he served Casket on a local, he 
Rose Hill There's a hole in daddy's arm Where all the money goes Jesus Christ died for nothing
your haunted house. Not a window was broken, and the paint wasn't peeling. Not a porch step sagged, yet there was a feeling that beyond the door and into the hall, this was the house of no one at all. No one who breathed, nor laughed, nor ate, nor said, I love, nor said, I hate. Yet something walked along the stair, something that was and wasn't there. And that is why weeds on the path grow high. Something that is. Thank you. 
was lucky, man. And God bless me. God bless my God. I never had it too, too hard, right? you know. I'm not rich, but I, you know, I've always had some dollars in my pocket. That's why I'm doing God so much, man. It's politics, too, sometimes. When guys born in a certain family, you know, I left a very lucrative position in California, right here in New York. I was at all the studio jobs, Red County, myself, New York, that's what I was doing. Buddy Collette, Lucky Thompson, Miles Davis came in a lot, Miles, we didn't recognize. This is playing background music for me. For Diana Washington, I used to write her stuff. The albums I wrote her music, so I'm happy. I was blessed even then. You see, I, I went to get, to get a job to take the test to go to the post office. That's what my father wanted me to do. I went, but I never took the test. I, I, I went and uh, thought about it. I said, I want to do this. I want to shine shoes first. I didn't want to, you know, that's something I can do. I can get with us by my own business. So I walked away and told my father I took the test and failed. He said, What do you do? I said, I'm going to be a musician. He said, Well, is that what's working? He said, Talk for me, you got to be exceptional. He said, Well, I guess I'm getting very good teaching to become exceptional. So he started setting out to Ryan's head, this bass teacher. I was going to the Red Counter, right? Red was a very good, you know, fundamental teacher. This, this bass teacher covered the composition very high, high notes, high notes. I used to play much higher when I was younger than I did now. But we had to start playing again, and these kids are playing all over the place. Yeah. Now, about the pieces in this thing, I don't say much about it, except there's not a lot of notes. And I like the, the speed of the quarter ship at the beginning, like a waltz against 4 4. Oh, funny, 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 funny. I say? It's hard to talk about music. I think this, some music is a description of the sickness of the society. Some music is, uh, like you think, the, the ones that, what do you call it, music that the restaurants or the elevators? That music is destructive. That music, if you have good music playing for people in the happy society on the streets, you know? I feel like uh, my music, uh, I have a new record coming out. I was like, well, maybe this time they'll hear it. Maybe this time they'll, they'll hear it. Yeah, well, I know actually about the music. See, I, uh, I started Pedal Point in, in the period when everybody was playing bebop. And the history never said this. The historians missed back that idea. But the difference is, I don't only do that. I play, I, I select a song with bar phrases because I enjoy all kinds of music. You know, I enjoy even enjoy Indian music so very much, as much as I do Charlie Parker. I like Beethoven, for instance, string quartets. Nine, I like number nine and 12. I'm writing um, string quartets, two violins and two cellos. And I like that sound better than I do the, the viola because the cello plays are high enough. Everything possible. Shoes changes is meant to be like that. And the retards and the salamandos, you know? That's all classical music, you know?
winter moon. How thin and sharp is the moon tonight? How thin and sharp and ghostly white is the slim curved crook of the moon tonight? There was a man who fell in love with a beautiful girl. And before the next full moon rose in the sky, they were wed. To please her husband, the young wife wore a different gown each night. Sometimes she was dressed in yellow. Other nights she wore red or blue or white. And she always wore a black velvet ribbon around her slender neck. Day and night she wore that ribbon, and it was not long before her husband's curiosity got the better of him. Why do you always wear that ribbon? he asked. She smiled a strange smile and said not a word. At last her husband got angry, and one night he shouted at his bride. Take that ribbon off. I'm tired of looking at it. You will be sorry if I do, she replied. So I won't. Every morning at breakfast, the husband ordered his wife to remove the black velvet ribbon from around her neck. Every night at dinner, he told her the same thing. But every morning at breakfast and every night at dinner, all his wife would say was, you will be sorry if I do, so I won't. A week passed. The husband no longer looked into his wife's eyes. He could only stare at that black velvet ribbon around her neck. One night, as his wife lay sleeping, he tiptoed to her sewing basket. While Jeroboam the second was king, God said to Jonah, quickly son of Amati, quietly, go careful not to awaken her, and he bent over his wife's bed and snipped and the velvet ribbon fell to the floor Jonah was extremely and snap and ignoring off command, came her head. It rolled over onto the floor in the moonlight, wailing tearfully. I told you you'd be sorry. 
Flat Black Plastic, MuniRadio.fm. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's time to rise and shine. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I hope you're feeling fine. The sun is just above the hill. Another day for us to fill with all the things we love to do. Oh, can't you hear? It's calling you. Good morning, good morning, good morning, I hope you're feeling fine. Come on and get up, get out of bed, you gotta get up, you're sleepy head. The day is gone and just for you and all your dreams are coming true. Good morning, good morning, good morning, it's time to rise and shine. Good morning, good morning, good morning, it's time to rise and shine. Good morning, good morning, good morning, it's time to rise and shine. Good morning, good morning, good morning, it's time to rise and shine. Some kind of disarray 
colors, Jay. One. Junko. Nine examples. Orange crowned warbler. One. Orange crowned warbler. Three. One. Townsend's warbler. One, three. Two. Townsend's Warbler. One. Build Magpie One Black Build Magpie One Two Two. 
western wood peewee. Seven examples. Western wood peewee. Seven examples. Western flycatcher, one. Western flycatcher, one, two. Gillibray's Warbler. Eight
Black Plastic, Muni Radio, FM. Thanks for listening.
Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Song. I, I'm Mike's friend. My turn-ons are satin sheets. I love to be outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to call. The French duh, not the duh duh. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a Hi, welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's L, let's, W, watch, A, A, F, L, full length, M, movie, O, on, Y-T, YouTube. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube. I forgot the name of the show. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. And Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. How are you? Oh, uh, I just feel so L-S-M-O-W-M-O-Y-T. I can't even tell you. Yeah. Still the waffle lock. I was um, reading in the paper this morning that if you, you know, if you planned on L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T-ing, today was the day to do it. It's great weather. Great weather for it. Lousy weather here in California. Mm. Just a winter summer. Summer full really? winter, that's all it was. Yeah, whatever. Then it gets nice. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to watch a full-length movie. We're going to talk. We're going to have old men talk about the weather for 20 minutes, and then <laughs> we're going to kick into our show. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube, where we watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you. Uh, let us watch, and you listen to the podcast at the same time of the movie. Carl, what is the movie today? Today we were watching Brain Dead, nineteen ninety. Brain Dead. Now you might bump into Brain Dead two thousand seven. That's not for you. Brain Dead nineteen ninety. That's what you put in the search engine of your YouTube search. And we like the channel. T i r n a n o g. Turn and og. Turn and og. No, in fact, I want to. I'm going to subscribe to this uh, channel as well. She, so we want you to type in Brain Dead. You just, she subscribed. I know I did. You're, a, you're just a subscriber. I crave content, Carl. Mm. Oh, is that why? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so ladies and gentlemen, we want you to type in Brain Dead. It's, it's, it's called Brain Dead 1990 with Bud Court. Spoiler. Right. Click the link from uh, Turnanog. But hit pause and move the uh, slider to the left. We want you to get to zero, zero, zero. And at the, when you hear go, go. And we have none other than the Countdown King's proxy himself, proxy. himself, Paul Brava, 
Paul Blumbaugh usually does our countdown. He is the host of, oh, geez, Carl, I'm just going straight to the movie today. Geez. Uh, he's the host of The Edge of Insanity, another podcast, and airs streams right before us. Yeah. If you listen to us, which you should, on mutinyradio.fm. It's an internet radio station, mm-hmm. and our show streams first on mutinyradio.fm every Sunday, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2%, 2 Pacific, <laughs> 2 Pacific. And uh, just a little so you can make an afternoon, just, just a smidge specific. Mm-hmm. And uh, we want to, you can hang out and make a Sunday out of it, listen to Paul's show, and listen to our show, or just subscribe to the podcast, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's also our YouTube channel where we sync the movies. Anyway. Let's get back to the Brumbot. All right, so let's get this started. I am I am ready. It was a live show. We're very excited to have Paul here as our countdown gentleman. Let's get ready to Brumbot. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to Brumbot. Okay, so let's get ready to Brumbot. And now, what you've all been waiting for, master of the descending numerals, the countdown king himself. Would you please welcome... Mr. Paul Brumbaugh. All right, guys, you know the drill. Put that finger right over that triangle and do it in three, two, one, go. Cool. It starts off with Homer Simpson's brain. Oh, this movie's called Brain Dead, and there's a brain. Yeah. And there's the title, Brain Dead. But, you know, looking at the scan, the brain was very much alive. Yeah, maybe that guy's name was Brian. Brian dead. <laughs> Brian. Wow, what a lineup. <laughs> Brian dead. <laughs> Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor. Well, oh, and George Kennedy. Right. Couldn't the producers? Couldn't Corbin afford a font? <laughs> that font come in the uh, demo. <laughs> I never seen a movie where I want to commit suicide just reading the font. Art House book by Peter Francis Rudder. Oh, that's a CT scan, right? Did I get it right? Uh, I don't. Know. Your head? Probably. Whoa! Move over, lawnmower man. Special effects has a new home. <laughs> nice. By Julie Corman. So, we love watching Roger Corman movies. And this is produced by his wife, right? Or yeah, Julie Corman. Um, and Julie is Corman it was uh, daughter or wife. It's it's a wife, and she had like um, uh, two hundred films uh, on her shelf, and she's like, I'm sick of looking at these, and so she had a million people read them. Find me a good one, and the one they picked sat, sat on the shelf for twenty three years. Really? This yeah. movie took twenty yikes. There's a face moon Ooh, he's playing with brains? Yes, he is playing and he's about to get caught by his boss. Ooh, don't you hate that? Yes. So this movie came they wrote this in nineteen seventy seven? Uh let me look exactly. Because I'm just saying it's nineteen ninety and it took twenty two originally originated twenty three years prior. There's a guy named Charles Beaumont, and he wrote a script, uh, this script, in the... 
I'm not clear on... Okay, filmed 23 years after his death. Uh, he was a regular writer on the original Twilight Zone, and that's really his claim to fame, Charles Beaumont. And he did a lot of scripts gotcha. for Roger Corman, Edgar Allan Poe's, uh, Poe films, etc. He wrote more episodes yeah. than, Rod, than anyone but Rod Serling himself. So... Oh, in the Twilight Zone, huh? Wow. Right. So, so like, when someone, so, yeah. Yeah, she found this script, or one of her people did, and Adam Simon, uh, who is another writer, said, I could make this modern, and he, like, brushed it up, and it became this movie. Wow. You could tell with Beaumont's scripts for the Twilight Zone that they're, they differ from Sterling, because, uh, Never a uh, metaphor for the House of Un-American activities, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> see a pattern there. This is your future. This he wrote the same episode Union. times. <laughs> I know. And then you ever watch Night Gallery with with Rod Sterling? No. Oh, it's sad. It's cool. It's cool because it exists, but it's also just kind of. He's, he hosts this show in color, and it's, it, it lasted a few seasons, but that was fun. Now, this script was so old, uh, it was on something, they, a paper, a paper, it's called Onion Skin, and they had a lot of trouble photocopying it because it was pre-Xerox photocopy. Um, now, Corman swears they really stuck to the original script, even though it was punched up. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do they say? Like, let's add a computer to the lab. <laughs> yes. We're done. <laughs> we did it. I mean, there were still brains in jars 30, 25 years ago. God, look how young Pullman looks. Yeah. Now, this is like Dr. Rex Pullman. Martin, and you're right, it's Bill Pullman, and he is a specialist with brains and trying to figure out how to, you know, from where uh, – uh, problems are in the brain how you can fix them you know abnormalities and he specializes in paranoia and he uh he's pretty much figured out a way to like cure paranoia but it's all experimental it's all in the lab it's all with uh you know dead brains well carl why did you bring up paranoia because <laughs> of me right yeah i knew it you do it so obvious you know, that last scene is the man with two brains. You could edit that joke in during it. I, Look at that picture. Is that Picasso? No, it's a 1800s lithograph. Litho, it's not Picasso at all. Uh, and I don't know why it's special. Like, do you want to take oh, double billing. Double hey, billing. Double billing. I can't tell them apart. Who's that? Is that Pullman again? Yeah. It's now this is Jim Reston. I mean, it's Bill Paxton, but his name's Jim Rexton, and he is a head of R and D at the Ulysses Corporation. Uh, he is young and oily. Yeah, I've never seen that Paxton so oily before. He is young and oily, and he's slimy. He always plays a slimy guy. He always plays a slimy guy. Right. He tries to well, talk. You know how uh, things and. Bullies. 
we we should mention up front that one of the reasons why we're, we're watching this movie for two reasons, three reasons. It's a Corman picture. Yeah. Uh, but it also has Bud Court in it, and we love Bud Court. Mm-hmm. And a character actor who looks like Bud Court, but he's not Bud Court. Not Bud Court is not in this movie, but Bud Court is. And that Bill Paxton and Bill Pullman are in the same movie, which is a rarity. These two guys, uh, Bill Paxton passed away recently, but yes. these two guys were always known, would always get confused by uh, moviegoers. I never understood. And it was kind of this ongoing joke. Yeah. Do you ever see the Simpsons episode where Homer gets smart and he's watching a, a comedy and, and he's wondering why all these dumb people are laughing at this stupid movie? Uh-huh. And they walk out and the doctor says, yeah, Bill Pullman looks hilarious. And smart Homer says, that was Bill Paxton, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so only by quick genius Homer could tell them apart. That was... So here they are, together at last. But I never think yeah. of them. They don't really look similar. They don't really act similar. Let me play a little. Okay. He's talking him into something. You see, he, okay, he, there was a scientist named Halsey, and he was working on something very important. And it was probably a weapon of mass destruction, but he went cuckoo, okay? So okay. What, what Paxton wants him to do is operate on his paranoid brain, trying to get Ooh. numbers of his formula out or make him brain. Ooh. Let's listen it's a simple. Uh, what's the catch? No catch. Yet. That says, no catch yet. What? So it's kind of like Dreamscape, where they go in the president's brain. You still there, Carl? Yeah, I'm still here. He's trying to talk yeah. him into it. Right on. Now look, this is Biodome. Outside. This is Biodome. What? Yup. This is Biodome? This is the location. Biodome was shot like maybe six years. Biodome was what, 95? This is 90? 96, I guess. No, but a lot of places have yeah. used this location. Um, when we were watching the trailer, you might have heard me blurt out yeah. Biodome. And that's because I just got the vibe. The front door exterior, the front door interior, it's definitely Biodome. So wow, this is movie history. This is the water reclamation plant uh, in Van Ness, Van Nuys, uh, California, Los Angeles, yeah. and they shot Biodome here in 1996. But also, um, Twins in '88, uh, Night Rider, two episodes, Star Trek was filmed nice. here. A lot of them, Next Generation, not the original. In Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, Bill and Ted's Bogus Ad Journey, and Twins. Oh, I, okay, yeah, I've seen all those movies. You, not, not all the Star Trek, but... Now he's meeting Hall, huh. Bud Court, and he's a funny character. Bud Court. Yeah. He's doing I'm the word search, but it's with numbers, man. Well, that's the thing. He's claiming that he's not a... Um, 
he's claiming that he is a uh, accountant. He's not a mathematician. Ah. Because he's... Well, look at him. He goes straight to the point. Yeah. Oh, of the, the pencils? What's the point of those pencils? Well, it's on the top. By the way, Danny Goldman, Danny Goldman is not Bud Court. And ladies and gentlemen of the audience, if you ever uh -huh. life see Bud Court, run up to him and go, Danny, Danny Goldman. <laughs> You're gonna do that too, man. Don't do that. One day, one day. I should really just prank. That court looks pretty good. <laughs> you should, you should. I don't remember. Look at that. They're carrying people behind them. Yeah. Like a circus back there. <laughs> they're, they're making jokes. Like you, you're watching uh, Bud Court, and then all of a sudden some guy goes, zoom past. Next scene, you see <laughs> them carrying them back, and then zoom past again. I love it. Keep, keep it busy. I love it. Look, they got word search on the walls for the, for the crew. Like during downtime, you can look for strawberry and look for... That's how he all he spends. He just does puzzles. Oh, he does word searches? It's right. It's good. That's good. It keeps you sharp. I should do that during quarantine. Just put a bunch of puzzles on the wall and just do word searches that way. Sure. And leave them on the wall yeah. so you get a little exercise. Oh, yeah. I have to, like, oh, I want to do a word search. I have to get up, walk to the wall. Now watch Bud Court's great acting here. He's supposed to right. act like he's a nutbag, and he does it great. He really does. Look at him. <laughs> he's just, yeah. And roll him. Look at his twitchy. Okay, so you're getting. Yeah. Okay, now the, the internet thinks it's real important for you to know that this is an IBM computer, and yet they're showing Commodore graphics. Makes no sense. Yeah, where did Julie uh, Corman get the money for Commodore graphics? Right. Well, which Commodore, the VIC-20? Uh, which oh, Commodore? In, uh, in it's buried in my research. Well, there's the Commodore 64. No. And then there's the VIC-20. No, no, there was another, didn't Commodore have like a uh, even dumber computer? Yeah, here it is. It's yeah, a Commodore yeah. Amig, Amiga, Amiga, yeah. Commodore Amiga. Amiga. Oh yeah. Do we care? Yeah, those. Well, that's a cult computer, so I'm sure those uh, Amiga fans were like, "What?" Yeah. That's not an RX Spectrum. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Can you see them calling up to complain, like calling the director? Ring. Hello? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hello. Okay. <laughs> you want to explain to me? <laughs> right. Sit there. Sit down. <laughs> oh, here's what the an awful headshot. Hold on. We need those numbers. 
We need those numbers. Or Watch this. Sure no one else will ever get them. All right. Watch him. Brain dead. Come on, pal. <laughs> Come on, other Bill P. You know they're not in the same shot together. Oh, here we go. Take it back. You think it really is the same guy? They're never in the same shot. <laughs> That's just Bill Pullman in his shadow, Bill Paxton. This was Adam Simon's has more first notes. film he directed. But right. he went on to do Carnosaur, as you know. Carnosaur, yes. And he did... And then probably uh, Carnosaur 2. <laughs> right. He did not... Uh, Body Chemistry, American Nightmare, which is a documentary about uh, horror films. I don't know. The thing is, he's huh. a bit of a joke in the industry because there was that movie called The Player. Yeah, right, with Robert Allman's movie. And uh, what's his name, the guy who married Susan Sarandon? Uh, the, our hero of that They movie. never married. Okay. Ted, yeah, but correct yourself. Correct yourself. They never married Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins. So in the player, Tim Robbins is shooting, and he's got a line. He goes, who the hell let Adam Simon on the set? And I'm sure oh. he would. They yeah, well, roared laughing. Wait a minute. So director Robert Allward takes a piss take on another director yes. in his movie? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's right. Classy. <laughs> well, from what I understand about Robert Altman, that would make sense. Well, this guy's more of a writer than a director, you know? I mean, he really directed two films yeah. and then a documentary, but he wrote like hell. Well, maybe that's the way we make a joke, like the writer's on the set. Okay, you see this homeless guy, he's like, that's my brain! And Bill Paul... Yeah, he's a brain sensor. You have your own brain, this is my brain. Of course. Uh it's an invasion. Oh no! Hit on the brain. head. Now, no. wait a minute. This guy's face. To sleep, a chance to dream. That's Shakespeare, my friend. James Rafferty. <laughs> Perchance to dream. Uh, it's all covered in brain water. Why would I, I have questions, Carl. Yes. I'm raising my hand. I got a yes. question. I have answers. Uh, yeah. All right, Carl. Why did he carry the brain in a jar outside to the parking lot? I don't know. Uh, I'll take my like answer offline. taking it home or something. It's not clear why he was doing that. Now, do you remember Eunice Corn Company had infinity as their symbol? And look at the eight on his door. Yeah. This is the second time he made a joke. He's going to spin it. Yeah, and obviously the director did that to say infinity. Meaning what? This film's going to go on? <laughs> right. No, it's just the Eunice Corporation. Okay, surprise, you've been defunded. My grant's been doubled. You're going to have to clear all your stuff out of here. Ooh, big switcheroo right up front. Right, it's heat on her hero. 
Now, he thinks of all of his brains, not as friends, but as individuals. And we saw that in the beginning, and he gets upset. And I'll play that part because he makes it a big deal. People who have been on a journey, who know, you know the journey they're on now? Well, I, I like to eat the brains because, as you know, it's good brain food. Oh, brains are yeah. good brain food. Uh, whenever I hike, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you you bring you bring a satchel of uh, brains. Well, you you have dyed, uh, dried brains, and you put them in like a gorp. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> a gorp. <laughs> a gorp. Uh, the bee silent gorp. Listen, watch you get some granola. Yeah. Hey, man. Get out of here. Yeah. Hands off my brains. Individuals. Yeah. They're not just silly brains in a jar. What kind of balls does a corporation have where they have a whole fucking bookcase of other people's brains? It's for research. Listen, this isn't a corporation. I know you're. This is this is not a corporation. Oh, Look at this. Oh, individuals! Individuals! Uh -huh. Hey, where's the assistant when these brains fall? He disappeared. Oh, it was just a bad dream. Nope, I'm covered in brains and broken glass. Big deal. He broke a brain jar just a half hour ago. Yeah, I'm pulling you up on brain charges. I'm writing you up on... Now, you see how he was in the middle of something? Brain charges. Up? That will happen throughout the entire film. Yeah, but it wasn't a dream. It actually happened. I don't know. See, that's the thing. He even talks about his accident. Right. Hey, what happened? Oh, continuity. I can't, he talks about his accident legs, and he uh, goes, or was that also my dream? You know, he's all confused. Weird. Check out the continuity of her night of her uh yeah negligee. You can see like full leg and then you don't see leg. Very good call, Mike. I, guess, uh, I, I don't know why I was looking there, but I guess uh it paid off. She's, not, <laughs> she's got her legs covered. Okay, so she's covered leg. Maybe when her feet are extended, it's up oh, uncovered leg. Mike, you're so yeah. right. I know. I'm a genius. I like, you know, my secret is I like looking at women. <laughs> it's no secret. <laughs> Although she'd probably kick my ass. So now he's talking about Halsey. How he murdered. He's a murderer, but he's a great guy. Biodome. Biodome. What a wow, good job Cart does in this film. He's really acting. Cool. Is this your favorite Bud Court movie? Uh, no, I think that Swap Meet is my favorite Bud Court meet movie. Oh, I like Electric Dreams. Oh, with Danny Goldman? Yeah, with Danny Goldman. That's right. He played Miles. I loved Bud Court in Blob in the Blob. Is, is that really Bud Court? 
Is that Bob? No, it wasn't. Is it Blob Two? Beware the Blob. Beware the Blob. That's it. That's it. With uh, with I Dream a Genie, with J R Ewing. Yeah, Larry Hagman. Oh, is he pointing out the May West and the Camel Pack? Yeah, he, lots of subliminal images. They used the logo of the camel, but they actually whited out the, the name camels in that pack. There it, is a subliminal. If you look at the hump, you can see Mae West holding her arm uh, on her uh, hip. I've, I've seen in my life all of the – there are sexual positions in it. There really are. It's not a – the reason they got caught is it's so obvious. Sexual position, like what, the missionary position? I don't yeah, think it's missionary it's position. Hump. I get it, Carl. And there's also <laughs> a guy who talks to me from the mission district is upset about missionary position. So they talk, they also, there's this guy standing with his arms and he's peeing. I'll, sh I'll show you someday when that's, we're in the same room. Yeah. No, that's not a guy, that's Mae West in a suggestive pose. It's not a guy peeing. Maybe she's peeing. Well, does Bay West have her arm on her hips and an elbow sticking out? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and her dick okay. out. Yeah. I always heard it was Mae West. I didn't hear the guy peeing. Well, think about it. They want to give you the subliminal message that cigarettes make you a man. I don't know that Mae West does. Right. But I think a guy proudly standing there just with his dick out pissing away. That's kind of man thing to do. <laughs> It's time to take a break. Whip it out. Take a leak. <clears throat> you deserve a piss today. This is all biodome? This... Uh, yeah, this is all biodome. Well, the thing is, okay, no, I shouldn't talk shit. Uh, the insane asylum for sure is biodome. Is Eunice Corporation biodome? I'm not sure. It looks like some kind of corporate campus, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the ones where... Uh... They have their own ball. Hey, guys play volleyball all the time. You <laughs> people, you enjoy working here, and you just like, oh, it's, we got a crunch. You guys stay for overtime, right? I want to go to the volleyball. I'll come back in so thirty times. Yeah. Ooh, Star Trek toys. Yeah, this is a famous. Get to watch. Uh, a famous footage of like that people consider gruesome, and it is. He like shocks him. But this is all recreated. No, it's yeah. real. It's that doctor's not even paying attention. Look, he sticks it in his. Maybe you're right. It's recreation, but you see how he taps. He does that to like. Yeah, it's gross. Like bruise a part of the brain. Gross. Is this movie really gross? Not terribly. You will see people's brains exposed with their skull caps open. No, I mean, is it gross? George Kennedy. Yeah. Hey, George Kennedy. Yeah, we, we've seen George in uh, at least Airplane 79, the Concorde. Yeah, Concorde. Concorde. So airplane, Airport 79. Now, there is a hidden gem here, a guy who's about to hit but doesn't. Uh, yet his name is Willie Garson, and he goes on to appear in over seventy-five films. That this is like his first bloody film. He wow. this is nineteen eighty-nine. Uh, no, in nineteen eighty-nine he did Troop Beverly Hills. So, and he was in 
he was in Ford Fairlane. So maybe this is like his third. Yeah, I read about. I learned about him in uh, history and film class. No. We covered Ford Fairlane and uh, Scrooge Beverly Hills. Oh, yeah. Willie Garson. Wait, the, the victim. Does, is he the test patient? Here he is, that guy. Recognize his face? Oh, yeah. So, well, I mean, like, everyone is so young in this movie. Yeah. But the thing is, he's a hidden gem because he was nobody here, and he would go on to be in Groundhog Day and Ruby and Mars Attacks and being John Malkovich and blah, 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 blah. The Rock! Freaky Friday! I mean... But we caught him. Well, even George Kennedy looks young. As a virgin. We caught him at, yeah, when he was cheap. Yeah, that's right. When he you was... know, I went to the Corman, I went to the Corman factory. I didn't get to go to no art film school. Right. <laughs> like you snob. Yeah. Hey, uh. Are they going to cut open his brain while corporate watches? How yeah. Paul Verhoeven Bud is. Bud Court, once again, he kills it. He really acts this shit. So yeah. gross. I can't believe a man has to wear that on his head. It works. You see the continuity discolor? Look at how Bud does that. They put it in and he tweet he exactly <laughs> I'll give some credit to Bill Pullman. It's not easy touching him on another man's brain like that. Well he was he's using a prod. Well, all right. If I would be right, I'd be like, mm, you lose. Now, look, is this a Manchurian Tenet. candidate reference? Ooh, old ladies. Yeah. They play a game of solitaire. Oh, I'm so sorry. Is he dreaming this? I guess so. Well, he's like hallucinating it. They're messing with his brain right now. It's oh, exposed to the open air, and they're poking it. I know. It does, it's not sanitary at all. You'd figure you would wear a mask, you know, if he's going to stand above someone's brain like that. Uh, 1990s, pre-COVID. No, I mean, listen, out of respect, when you're playing with a man's brain, nowadays you should wear a mask. Yes, yeah. because of COVID. You don't want to sneeze in the guy's brain and get right, him, you know, infected. But, but and even before times when we picked people's brains apart, you could uh, wear a mask or like scrubs or gloves or I don't know. Absolutely. Maybe this is a movie. I don't know. <laughs> oh, but we're not watching Discovery Channel. Dr. Fucking Gross Stuff. Today, a Dr. Fucking Gross Stuff. Something fucking gross happens and you get to watch the surgery. Oh, man, that's a great pick. We talked to the patient. We talked to the patients and the doctors. Well, I told the doctor, and the doctor said, man, that is just fucking gross. It was very fucking gross. Roll him. Roll him. George Kennedy. That has been another discovery ID. George Kennedy doesn't really do it so great in this film, you know? Uh, His part is very boring. We know that he can do gold. Uh, right. Now, look, that's Conklin. Well, we know he's a... Ooh. Now, Hall... Wow, the walls are clean now. Halsey in the seat sees Conklin, the bloody murderer, who killed his family, he believes. But Pullman doesn't see that at all, right? No. Yeah. 
Holman didn't see it. I was thinking about his next paycheck. Now here they fix oh, that's him. fucking gross, Carl. They're gonna fix him now. It, the grossness is worth it. Ugh. Listen, when you eat it, ask for sweet bread. Don't say brains. It's tacky. Right. It's embarrassing if you say brains. Ask for sweet bread. They'll know what you're talking about. Yeah. And they could tell, like, if you're a zombie or not by by your request. If you say brain, you're a zombie, but if yeah, you say sweet clearly. bread. I'm sorry, sir. I have to take your temperature. You are a zombie. <laughs> yeah. Was it because I asked for brains? Yeah. Yes, sir. So I actually did that like an idiot. It was 1988. I was in an expensive restaurant with my girlfriend and her rich dad, uh, who was the CEO of a company. Felix Lilienthal, I think. Anyway, uh, I was ordering and I asked for sweet bread because I thought it was sweet bread. Yeah, you thought it was nice appetite. Yeah. And when the waiter went away, she's gawking at me, gawking at me, gawking at me. And she's like, do you know what you ordered? I was like, well, I got the clam filet and the sweet bread. (laughs) So they bought the sweet bread. And it's it's lettuce, right? There's a bed of lettuce, and on it is a what looks like a sound wave of of gray matter, uh, really thin. What you know, like a frequency wave of what looks like tuna fish, super thin and and watery. It was a paste. I didn't know what I was doing, so I'm nom 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 nom. Oh, pretty good this sweet bread. Oh my gosh. I thought it was going to be bread. Isn't that funny? Nom nom nom. So, so I have eaten cow brain. And did they tell you after you finished? Yes, she or did. Before, or before or after she broke over there? This is important now. Now, Rex looks over. Rex isn't Halsley or anything, he sees, he sees murdering Conklin. Simply by sticking a metal prod inside someone's brain, he right. shares the same hallucination. Yeah, the like thought left oh. in his brain. Let, let that be a lesson to you. Yeah, don't prod you know, people. Carl, when I around around eighty nine, I was in working at the Claremont and yeah. Friar Tuck, two banquet halls for weddings. Yes. And one of the things I would do, especially at Jewish weddings, is that during the cocktail hour, you'd be in a tuxedo and you'd be at a serving station. And I served brains. I served sweet bread. Wow. How did you prepare like it? Was it like I metal... described? Yeah. It was like a very kind of thick of like sweet and sour sauce. It was in kind of a sweet sauce. Yeah. And it was a shaping dish with the sternum, heat keeping the brains warm. Right. And I would serve, and I had a tuxedo and gloves, and I went through a lot of gloves serving brains, trust me. Because <laughs> uh, when the moment it touched it, I was like, yeah. But I would do it the the, the French spoon style, where you have two uh-huh. spoons in one hand, and you could clamp, you know, yeah, you could clamp a piece of brain and you put it on a plate, and you would <laughs> offer it to the Jewish relatives at a Jewish wedding. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've never been more grossed out. <laughs> so he switched uh, wallets with Halsey, and so he's got oh. no. He can't get out of his own facility. Yeah, the security officials like, I'm sorry, Mr. Paxton, you're unauthorized to leave. The yeah, you I'm still Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, he dropped all his cougar on. 
Oh no. Conklin. The murderer. Now he's being followed. Okay, so let me just back up here, right? We got uh, Rex Pullman, Rex, uh, I'll call him Rex Pullman, and he is a learned man, he is a scientist, he is studying brains, he's trying to cure paranoia, right? Then he gets a person on the table for the first time ever and actually performs his operation, and when he does... Now, he starts to have a crazy journey. Look who is following him, his wife. Big deal. Wow. That's it. Oh, it's so paranoid. I'm just following you, honey. Right. Cuckoo. Cuckoo. Wow, where's she... Where's she going? Is she going on a dinner date without her husband? No. She's just for a cocktail party. Oh, they're going to. Yes. Uh, they're going yeah. to dinner with the CEO, or I don't know, the big shot, with uh, George Kennedy. Uh, and Doesn't Yen, mm-hmm. doesn't that restaurant reek of new money? It's named literally <laughs> after money. I always get a yen for it when uh, I'm in Los Angeles. Oh, well, you know, the currency in Los Angeles is dollars, so you probably can't spend it. Uh, oh. oh, okay. When you have yen and you can't spend it, you know, even though it's worth yeah. dollars, that's so zen. Yen is so zen yeah. when you can't spend it. It is true. Wow. Look. He thinks he sees Conklin, the murderer. Now he's going to do he, something about can, it. Well, to be fair, as an audience member, we saw, as audience members, we saw Conklin that. Uh, what are you doing? I'm just wearing a white tuxedo in a nightclub or in a cocktail bar. Right. I'm, I'm David Byrne. Sorry, Mr. Byrne. But to be fair, when we saw them, leave, when he left, we saw a lingering shot of the serial killer following him. So he does exist. Yeah, he does exist. And in the end, he'll kill so him. This is just a... good. Don't spoil the ending for me. I would hate to sit through this podcast and then I kind of head. So where does he like? Where does he kill him? I'll let you know. Oh. Look, he sits uh... at the wrong table. What's wrong with him? We don't always been making a joke. Like the movie set us up that he was a intelligent, rational, you know, the smartest guy in the room. Right. And then all of a sudden, after the operation, he saw a serial killer, and now he starts acting so bizarrely, and he begins to have a psychic trip. No, that's not the word. Uh, he's off to dreamland. I don't know. I don't know. What's real and what's not? Well, I know that you could. You can tell it changed the character because he loosened his tie. Aha! Those subtle director choices. Right. Pax is like, you're loosening his tie? I'm tightening my tie out, Pax Pullman. So now what they've learned from the operation is you can poke around in people's brains and change their personality. So they want to do like plastic surgery kind of clinics for your brain. 
the new you. Yes. 